0: big celebration we do what jesus said to do amen baptize them in the name of the father son and the holy ghost come on it's exciting we'd like to walk with my brother Aunt, uh adam anthony come bring it up we'd like to start a service with a testimony bring it to church what's up you guys like god is so good amen so like i was trying to find a job and like it was so like savvy because it's like it's like whenever i woke up in the morning like i would just be like god i just want a job I just want to work, and um, and I, I remember um, I, I put a status so on Facebook. I was like, "Man, I want a job." And so my friend, um, he, um, he sent me a message and told me about the job, and I got the job. So like, it was like God is good; He's awesome. But the thing is that that God was good before I got my job. God is good now. Now that I got my job, and God, God, God will be good after I have my job. And like. And like you guys, like God is so so amazing. I, I remember this time that God gave gave me a word. And God said, "I'm I'm not I don't lie. I'm not a liar." And He said it so loud and clear. And like and like that 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 word it says like it changed my life because God's not a liar. If God says He's gonna provide, He's gonna provide. If God says He's there, He's there. So like it's so so awesome. That, and I wanted to share this scripture um, Philippians four nineteen. And my God will be will be all your needs according to the riches of, of His glory in Christ Jesus. And, and you know what? Like, I, I really believe that. I, I believe that God will be all of your needs, all of my needs in Christ Jesus. So here we just pray for the service. Lord God, I thank you for this day. Lord God, thank you for this, this service. Lord God, you are so amazing. We love you so much, Lord. In your name I pray.
1: Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand praise you, man. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Baptism Sunday for us. We're glad to see some new faces here. Just look to your neighbor and say, we're so glad that you're here. Amen. Praise the Lord. Today is an awesome day and we're going to be able to have some baptisms and that's just going to show God and what he's done in people's lives. And right now we get an opportunity to worship the Lord. And these songs that we're going to sing, they're very familiar. If you've listened to Caleb, any Christian radio station, you're going to find yourself like, oh, I know this song. And that's what we wanted. And the whole point is for us to worship God. Amen. He's the reason why we're here. He's the reason why people are getting baptized today. Amen. Come on, just with all eyes closed, would you decide right now before we sing this first song that you're going to worship the Lord from your heart because he's worthy of it not because he gives you new jobs not because he does things for you but because he's worthy because of jesus that when jesus died on the cross he took your sins come on he took the wrath of god is mighty and so much stronger. A King of glory, a King above all kings. Who shakes, who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder and leaves us breathless in all and wonder. A King of glory, a King above all kings. I sing for all that you've done for me Who brings our chaos back into order? Who makes the orphan? A son and daughter, a king of glory, sing it out, a king above all kings, who rules? Rules and nations with truth and justice shines like the sun in all of his brilliance, a king of glory, a king above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. There you would take my place. That you will bear my cross You lay down your life That I will be set free Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me Comprado vocês We praise the Lord Most of the word left Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Every voice to sing it. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy, worthy, worthy. This is amazing, race. This is a failure, love. Every voice. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You lay, you lay down your life. That I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, Just I, I sing. sing for all that you've done for me. 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 Who will we'll sing worthy is. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the king who conquered the grave. Come on, do you believe it this morning? Come on. Worthy is the king who conquered the grave. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy is the king who conquered the grave. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy. our hearts this morning, a new song of praise, come on, we sing a new song of praise from our hearts, this is the opportunity right now where you don't have to follow the karaoke screen, but you right now in your own heart tell the Lord, come on, sing a new song the Bible says, sing a song from your heart and all the things so when you reflect on how good God is, when he sent his son Jesus, come on, isn't that enough to sing a song We thank you for the cross, we thank you for your son, a new song we sing. There is no one like our God. We will praise you, praise you. There's no one like our God. We will sing, we will sing. There is no one like our God. We will praise you, praise you. God, we will sing, we will sing. There is no one like our God. We will praise You, praise You. There's no one like our God. We will sing, we will sing. There is no one like our God. We'll we will praise You, praise You. There's no one like our God. We will sing. Lord of all the earth, we shout your name, shout your name. We're filling up the skies with endless praise, endless praise. Yahweh, Yahweh, we love to shout your name. Lord of all the earth, we shout your name, shout your name. We're filling up the skies with Endless praise, endless praise, Yahweh, Yahweh, we love to shout, every voice, sing it again, Lord of all the earth, we sounds your name, name, of the skies, endless praise, endless praise, Yahweh, Yahweh, we love to shout your name, oh Lord. Yeah. Come on, let's lift up a shout of praise in this place. Come on, don't be shy. Yo, don't be shy. He's risen. Come on. Don't be shy. He's alive. Come on. Don't be shy. He's here. Hallelujah, Lord. Oh, we sing a song for you. There's victory in this place. There's victory in this place. There's new life in this place. There's new life in this place. We'll praise you, praise, you. there's no one like our God, we will sing, we will sing, there is no one, praise, praise. No one like our God, we will praise, there praise, no there's no one like our God, we will sing, we will sing, there is no one, no one like our God, don't like our Jesus, praise. praise. We will, sing, we will sing, There is no one like our God We will praise you, praise you There's no one like our God We will sing, we will sing In an attitude of prayer, amen Just have the Lord put this in my heart as we sing That there's no one like our God There's no one like our God and every kind of religion or any kind of, like, world belief, it's always, like, how we can make our way to God. But our God comes to us. And there's no one like our God. You know the picture the Lord gave me. You know how when the disciples were waiting and there was this one disciple who was doubting, who needed to see it for himself. Thomas. See, Thomas got a revelation right then and there that there's no one like our God when the Lord said, hey, come here, Thomas. Come put your fingers through my hand. It's me. It's me. There's no one like Jesus who would take your sins, who would take your burdens, who would walk with you in life. Come on, with all eyes closed and hands raised in this place. God, we praise you. We praise you, God. God, the testimony is here that people have come to know you and their lives are changed. And God, they're given a demonstration by getting baptized today saying, you know what? Today is the day that I'm letting everyone know, my family, my friends, and everyone else who's here, that Jesus changed my life. Is that your confession this morning? Is that your confession this morning? That Jesus Christ, God, has changed my life. I've experienced new life through the cross, my friends, it's through the cross, it's only through the cross. This next song we're going to sing, it's fairly simple, and I want you guys to sing it from your heart. The words are, I have decided to follow Jesus. And before we sing this song, I don't want this song to be words on a karaoke screen. I want this to be the confession of our heart. With everything deep down within us, this is my confession. This is my sound. The world behind me, the cross before me. Let's sing out the world. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. No turning. I still will follow Though none go with me I sti- still will follow won't make your choice though none go with me I still will follow though none go with me so I will follow no turning <laughs> Go with me. Decide now to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back, Come on, will you decide? Will you decide now to follow Jesus? Will you decide now to follow Jesus? Die now to follow Jesus, no turning back. No turning back. I have decided, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have And all the women of God, let's sing this out. Women, I have this. Uh... It's your voice, women of God. all the men in the houses sing I have decided One more time. I have decide We lift our voice this morning. Every person. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Hey. Lift the shout of prayer. God is here this morning. We declare this place holy ground. Come on, just begin to worship Him in the Spirit. Come on, begin to worship Him in the Spirit this morning. Come on, if we speak in tongues, come on, sing a song in the Spirit this morning. the Spirit this morning. God, your presence, Lord, turning back. Some of my soul, my soul, my my day. Oh from your heart, from your heart, Oh Jesus.
2: Hallelujah. With every eyes closed, Lord God. God, we just honor you right now, Lord God. With every eyes closed, I just want us to meditate on the Lord right now. God is here, God is prompting your heart right now. And just like the song, Do You Want to Follow Him? We're singing earlier that He is worthy of all the praise. He is worthy. And He did something for you, He died on the cross for your sins and he's prompting your heart, he's tugging at you, he's knocking on the door, however you wanna put it, God is there and he's asking you, am I worthy? Is what I've done worthy of you to follow me? God, we just honor you, Lord God. We submit to you, Lord God. We know, God, that you are greater, God, than this world, oh God. That though we live for a little while, God, you reign on and on. Your kingdom lives on and on, and you are an almighty God. You are an eternal God, Lord. God, we just love you in this place. In your own words, just tell God how much you love him. Hallelujah, God, we love you, God. We adore you, Lord. We adore you, God. We trust you, God. We're not giving you just one day of the week, Lord God. We trust you with our lives, oh God. That's really what God wants. He wants the good, bad, and the ugly. He wants all of you. He wants all of you in this place. Hallelujah, God. We honor you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 There's no one like our God. There's no one greater. There is no one bigger. There's no one who would die for his own enemies. There's no one like Jesus there's nothing like the blood of Jesus that forgives all of our sins, that washes us clean, that makes us whole. It's only something that comes from God. You can look through, you can try to find it in the world, you can try to become it, your own savior, your own rescuer, but it's only found in God. And right now, just let's just pray as we close out. God, we thank you, Lord God, that you are mighty, Lord God, that you freely give yourself to us, God. There's nothing that we need to earn, Lord God. There's no prerequisite, god we come to the cross oh god and you accept us lord god we thank you jesus that you lived on this earth god that you humbled yourself god because of your great love for us oh god we thank you lord god that in you god there is no shame oh god for those who hope in you god and god can do it amen amen can god do it amen amen Amen. God is good. Amen. Let's just all say that. God is good. Amen. You guys can go ahead and take a seat. Hallelujah. Happy Sunday. It is so awesome to see all of your faces this morning, to see just this place packed, you know, because God, when he touches one, he touches many. God doesn't just do a little bit, God does a lot. God moves and he touches hearts everywhere. And it's it's so encouraging to see everybody here this morning. My name is Pastor Deanna. Um, I'm one of uh, the elders on staff here at Metro Praise International. I also lead uh, the the evangelism ministry on Saturday nights. And um, right now we're gonna go ahead and dismiss the children So if there's any youngsters in the house, go ahead and make your way to the sound booth. Amen. Amen. This morning, I want to let you know that you are in need of a Savior. Does everybody believe that in here? Amen. And I know it's elementary. We probably heard it so many times. But who in here is perfect? Got a little silent. Amen, none of us here are perfect. The Bible says that we have fallen short of the glory of God, and it's so true. We need a savior, we need a hero. I mean, everywhere in the media, you know, all these superheroes, even in our own lives, always trying to move forward, you know, facing problems all the time. And, And even, you know, to the extreme, you know, we see so much violence in Chicago, and it's not just far away from us, it's a part of us, we are all human beings, correct? So this is, this is us, this is our generation. We have to see ourselves for who we are. We need Jesus, amen? We need Jesus, we are in need of a savior. Jesus died for us, for sinners, for those who have fallen off track. And the truth is, all of us have fallen off track. And the thing is, is we, we most likely fall into three categories, we're either in a cycle, chasing the, this image of perfection over and over again, you know, we've either gotten frustrated and said, oh, you know what? I can't do it. You know, this is who I am. I'm just going to live a life of sin. We've either accepted it or we've never heard about any other way. You know, for those who have not followed Jesus in this place, you know, you've either fall into those three categories. You know, I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm just going to live a life of sin. You know, I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep going. You know, I'm going to keep trying to chase this image of perfection. I, I'm just going to be the best me I can be. I'm going to save myself. Or you don't know any other way. You've never heard about what Jesus has done, but right now, I want to let you know what Jesus has done, all right? John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life." Let all your problems, amen, we have problems, right? Is that, we're not, we're still not perfect, okay, okay, so we have problems. Don't let your problems drag you down to the pit in a deep, dark hole. Let your problems lead you to God. He's asking you to follow him. That's why. And every time you see that mistake, every time you you go through that frustration, it's just him calling, calling you back to him. You know, you can't do it, but I can. That's what God says. Will you follow him? Because this verse tells us the way out. This is the solution. You know, if you're in this rat race of perfection, you know, you there's never going to be a way. You might look good right now and feel good and you can compare yourself to other and kind of, you know, push it to the side. But you know that there is no way that you are perfect. You cannot. The standards that you put for yourself, only Jesus is the only standard you need. In this temporary life, we're all going to meet our maker. We're all going to meet our Creator and He has a standard of righteousness that none of us can meet, no matter how hard we try, no matter how much we chase after an image of perfection. It's only in Jesus. But look, it's because he loves you. Right? For God so loved the world, it's because he loves you. And if you've if you've given up, you've gotten frustrated. You said, you know what? You know, forget this. I'm just gonna live a life of sin. Oh, none of us are perfect, and none of us are ever gonna be perfect, and I'm just not gonna try. Here's the thing. God gives you himself. It's not just, you know, uh, this is a holy club on Sunday morning, you know, let's be holy. No, God gives himself to you. He is the standard. He is the requirement. And he is a person. He gives himself to you so that you can live a life free from sin. You cannot do it on your own. You need a savior. And he is he's just knocking on the door of your hearts, dude. I, I feel him, you know, in, in the service, you know, in worship time. Dude, God is is just hungry, like we're hungry for him, but he's hungry for you. You know that he's so hungry, he laid his life for you on the cross. That's why the blood of Jesus is so good. That's his love for you. He puts his blood on it. Who would do that? Who would die for not just his friends, but his enemies, for those who reject him? Only Jesus. Amen? amen, and so, you know, come to Jesus, he's the only way, once again, we are going to meet him, and he is the only way to heaven, he is the only way to the Father, only the blood of Jesus, and so I urge you, I urge you this morning, give your life to him, he is the only way to heaven, there is a hell, all right, and none of us want you to go there, there is a hell, you know, and your your perfection right here, you can fool yourself, and you can fool others, but you will not fool God on the day of judgment, Give your life to him, receive him, receive grace, receive mercy, and receive his love. Amen? Amen. God is good. I'm just going to pray right now. And um, and if any of you feel that tug in your heart, we have um, two of our, our staff members here, Pastor Christina and uh, one of our deacons, Lito. If you feel that tug in your heart, please, there's going to be a time of, of fellowship at the end. During the video, please come up for prayer and ask them ask them about discipleship. Ask them, you know, how do I live for Jesus because God wants you just how you are right now. Hallelujah. With every eyes closed. Lord God, we thank you for all that you're doing, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that that you don't point the finger at us over and over, Lord God. God, your arms are open. Your arms are ready to receive us, Lord God, just like the arms outstretched on the cross, oh God, you're ready to embrace us, oh God. And I pray, Lord God, that we would decide today to follow you, God. We're leaving those worldly standards behind. We're leaving our own expectations behind, oh God. And we're choosing to follow you, God. God, we desire you, God, and we thank you that 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins and made a way. There's nothing else we need to do because the the message is already there. God, you're already extending your hand through the cross, oh God. And you rose again, God. You rose again, Jesus. You're, You're ready to receive us, oh God. Make our hearts ready, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's clap our hands this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. God is good. That's all. um, Stand to our feet right now. We're going to um, do our confession of faith um, based on the Bible, the word of God, the word of truth. Um, We say this every morning uh, as a declaration of what we believe in in this generation, in this time, in this church, in this city. This is the word of truth. It doesn't matter what culture we are. God's truth remains. And um, right away, if anybody would like a physical copy of the confession of faith, can you please raise your hand? And one of our ushers can give you, I see a hand right here, a couple hands there. Amen. 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 God is good. We will get you that that flyer in a moment. Yes. Um, on the count of three, we're going to go ahead and uh, start the confession of faith. One, two, three. I believe in one God and Creator who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father who so loved the world, the Son who purchased my salvation in His death, burial, and resurrection, and the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever. I believe in the perfect Holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ built upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind. It is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, and for the glory of God alone. Amen. Go ahead and fellowship. Greet your neighbor. Again, lovely to see your faces this morning. And if you need prayer, please come.
3: Good morning and welcome to MPI. How are you guys doing this morning? You guys excited to be here in the house of God? Amen. Welcome. I want to take this time to welcome all of our first-time visitors. If this is your first time here and you did not receive a brochure, please raise your hand and one of our ushers will bring you one. Okay, we got one family right over here. We'll get you one, okay? So good to have you all here with us this morning here at MPI. We have two main services. Sundays at 10 a.m. is our family service. Fridays at 7 p.m. is our Elevate Youth service between the ages of 11 to 18 years old. Elevate, elevate, amen. So these are our two main services, Sundays and Fridays. Make sure you get connected. And I just wanna give you guys a quick recap of what happened last Saturday. Every year, this church heads out to Humboldt Park we preach the gospel all right we go out there for Boricua Fest outreach we set up tents we give out food we offer prayer for people we lead people to to Christ we say do you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and this year we went out and we went out strong we went out with other other churches and we had a powerful time so I just want to play a, a recap video of what happened last weekend so here we go whenever you're ready I feel His cry rising up inside me It's a prayer truth to change the nations
1: That sends the orphan to the Father We'll never be the same No, we'll never be the same It's stirring up inside the body
0: People are giving their life to Jesus Christ. People are hungry man for truth and righteousness, man. And and really just freedom. You know what I mean? Tired of religion, trying to to do things on their own. We are just trying to
4: outreach the community. Tell them about the one and only Jesus Christ.
2: telling people about Jesus Christ and um, I'm really excited just about the skin and everything that God is using out here. I really feel like people are getting touched and that really the Holy Spirit is moving, so I'm just excited to hear all the time we get back. We are here in this place that is a special day that God has given us to bring His
3: love, para traer la salvación que fue el principal propósito de Jesús cuando vino a esta tierra y no importa nada de lo que nosotros podamos hacer, nada de que podamos fallar Jesús siempre se va a manifestar y siempre nos va a amar no hay nada que nos pueda separar del amor de Dios y esto es lo que estamos haciendo unidos todos en amor por las almas que no tienen esperanza y que no están perdidas bendiciones
5: What's up, y'all? Chicago, With Jesus, we're out here ministering to people, man. God is doing big
0: things. Matter fact, God did big things in my life, man. God filled up my heart. I was empty. But now I'm
1: free. We pray for this heart. We pray for the God we're we pray for the, the We that you will come to know Jesus Christ. Lord, we lift up the city to you every day, every child, every increase, we ask the violence to hear and for your to begin on your lips.
4: And Lord we pray, that we will preach in every church, your gospel, bless every church tomorrow that preaches and let their people be disciples that make disciples.
3: Oh, give it up for Jesus. Woo, that was powerful. That's fire right there. Come on, you have no idea how many lives were impacted that day. Souls that were on their way to hell repented, got right with the living God, and today are living saved. It is powerful. If you want to get connected, you saying, I want to do something like that. We have so many outreaches happening this summer. Please talk to Pastor Jared right over there with the bull's hat or Pastor Deanna. We want to get you guys connected so you can go out and share your faith. And today is our baptism service happening. Come on, you guys excited for that? Thank you so much for joining us. We're having it right after service, and we will have a picnic following, so please stay with us. And then here at MPI, we have a vision. Somebody say vision. Loving God and loving people. It's what we're all about. And we got a discipleship strategy, which is connect, mentor, and send. We want to make sure you're connected to Jesus, right? It's all about him. And then after that, you get connected to a life group. Life groups are where we share life together. So if you look on the back of your announcements, you will find a listing of of life groups that we have, a complete listing. We have something for marriage, marriages we have something for single people we have something for our children and so here is what's going on this week with life groups today we have our single mamas group which is actually going to be meeting here at the church because they're going to be joining us uh for the barbecue so talk to pastor lauren where you at sister She here? Uh, Cynthia? No? All right. There she is right there. Talk to Cynthia. If you want to join the single moms group, they'll be meeting today. And then Wednesday, we have our King's Kids Ministry, which is uh, ages infant all the way up to 11 years. It meets at 6.30 p.m. Parents, you can drop off or you can hang out with your kiddos here at the church. Friday, we got adult Bible study at my place with child care provided. Come on. That's every Friday at 7 p.m., and then Saturday, evangelism, going out all over the city of Chicago, preaching the gospel to our community, and that's Saturday at 5 p.m. So get connected, all right? There's something for everyone, and then after you get connected, we want to make sure you get mentored. Somebody say mentored. Somebody wants to help you, wants to teach you how to walk with Christ, how to walk the walk, and so you do that through your one-on-one discipleship. You meet with one of the elders or the deacons here at the church and then after you graduate this you finish that you go on to the 201 disciples that makes disciples because god wants to use you he wants to send you out somebody say send that's the last part of our strategy send god wants to send you he wants to use you and we have a goal of a hundred thousand disciples here in the city of chicago with 50 churches here and 500 all around the world if you believe god can do that come on give them some praise amen now it's time come on yes it's time to prepare to give our tithes and offerings please turn with me in your bibles to ephesians 4:28. ephesians 4:28. we are talking about offerings i'm going to be reading out of the disciples giving book it's found on the metro praise website if you would like to keep go, keep up with it we're on lesson number 11 today's lesson is giving offerings is sharing with others we know that tithing is 10 percent of our total income Anything that you give after that becomes your offering. And so if you're with me here in Ephesians 4.28, let's read. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Amen? That's a good verse, right? If you're stealing, stop stealing, all right? You got to get to work. So if you want to share, if you say, I want to give, I want to give, and you don't have nothing to give, well, you got to work, right? It's just part of life, right? We want to give something away. we got to have something to give away. So number one, sharing is caring. Jesus taught his disciples in the same way they have freely received, they should also freely give. Therefore, offerings are a practical way of sharing with others what God has given you. And let me tell you, we are in a church of people who give. Come on, from the top all the way down, we have people who care, who see a need, and right away want to meet it. So keep, go, keep that heart going. Ask God, if you feel you don't have that heart to give, ask God to change your heart that you would be a person that is a cheerful giver. Number two, work is required. Money doesn't grow on trees, so the way God blesses his people is through the diligent work of their hands, not by stealing or dishonesty. So our hard work can literally change the world one person at a time, amen? and number three needy people should work too the bible doesn't support the idea of handouts but rather hand ups come on let's say that again hands up up. amen so the needy person must learn to work and begin to help others as soon as they can for example in places like india there are needy people working hard to to support their families and help others who have greater needs than themselves amen That's good. That's a good lesson. I've seen some people who have been in so much need themselves and been the ones who have had the greatest heart to give. So it comes. It's in the heart. All right. And you're saying, I don't have a job right now. Then pray. Ask God. God, open a door. Open a door of opportunity. Open a door so I can provide for my family and be a blessing to others. So in summary, sharing is caring. Somebody say that with me. Sharing is caring. Yes, it is. Please stand to your feet. How do we apply this to our life? Number one, start with tithing. Be faithful to tithe, 10% of your total income. Number two, work hard so you can share with those in need and help them learn how to start working hard to meet their own needs. So if we see somebody in need, it's not just keep giving to that person. It's okay, now we helped you. Now let's let's teach you how to get up and now help others. And number three, share because you care. Let's confess this over our offering together on the count of three. One, two, three. Three, the offering is a gift to God after the tithe and is given in a variety of ways. God said it should be a generous seed given with a cheerful heart from personal sacrifice. Offerings will always bring thanksgiving to God because they go towards charity and ministry supplies. We give offerings in obedience to God's word, sharing with others our blessings with a gracious heart by imitating Jesus and revealing where our treasure really is. Amen. Here at MPI, when you give your tithe, it goes towards the general fund, paying for all the bills, anything you give after that can be designated either to go to the building fund or missions. This year at the end of 2014, where are we going, guys? We're going to the Philippines. We're taking a mission trip out to the Philippines. We're going out to meet other people's needs. God's taking care of us, and we want to go help others, right? And so we're going to be doing... discipleship training conferences for pastors. We're going to be doing outreaches. We're going to be doing relief work. There's going to be so much happening out there. So we are raising $20,000. There it is. And so last month, like it says right there, we raised $1,036 and this is what we have left to raise. $10,389. Guys, we're almost, we're halfway there and we can do it. So make a pledge. Ask God, God, what do you want me to, to do? How do you want me to partner in this? And I believe God will speak to you and, he, and you will be provided the seed to sow into the philippines amen so let's recite this scripture together acts 20 38 35 the lord jesus himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive let's pray heavenly father we thank you that you are good Father, we thank you that those who trust in you lack no good thing. Father, I pray that every person in this room would be blessed to be a blessing. I pray that we would work hard, that we would be diligent with our hands, dear God, and you would honor that hard work, dear God, as we do it unto you. Father, I pray for blessings financially. I pray for those who have financial bondage, financial burdens upon their shoulders. Father, to be broken off their lives in the name of Jesus. I pray for wisdom upon your people, dear God. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody's said amen thank you so much for your giving and come up please as you give
4: Amen. If you love Jesus, can I get a whoop whoop? Amen. Welcome to Metro Praise International. I'm Pastor Joe, your friendly neighborhood pastor. Ready to drop it like it's hot for Jesus. Ready to bring it to a whole nother level. We got some special guests here. Pastor Jared is going to introduce some. Pastor Jared, would you give it up for him as he comes?
5: Amen. What we have here, we got our brothers from Teen Challenge. We got six of them, six being baptized uh, this afternoon. They, they gave their lives to Jesus. They're not the only ones, but these have chosen to get baptized today. And uh, Teen Challenge, let me, let me back up and say what we are. We are a men's program to help people get over life-controlling issues that is most often drugs and alcohol but it can include other things we're a year-long program now you gotta think if you're committing a year to something you're all in this is for folks who have burned their bridges typically and, and they, they don't really have anything else like if they don't get it right this is life or death so we're a year-long program and our treatment plan is Jesus 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 and Jesus we're, we're believers of that that's our core belief so we got a lot of in-house chapel services, church outings. I teach the Bible classes, and, and and I'm just so proud of our men, not just the ones that are getting baptized, but all our guys. There's so many powerful testimonies, talking with them, hearing how God is touching their hearts and speaking to them, and, and, and some of them getting calls to ministry and so on. It's such a powerful thing. I just want to put this out here. I can attest firsthand there's always a need for ministry supplies that there's always a need uh, we try to keep our costs very low a thousand dollars to cover room and board and the treatment plan for the whole year that's pretty low for a year's worth right thousand dollars We try to keep it low but every bit counts to scholarship men like these like the guys you're seeing today so we're gonna be back in September you're gonna hear testimonies you're gonna do a uh, uh, choir perhaps Kevin choir amen <laughs> just gotta get the band back together uh, we're going to be back in September, but any time between now and then, if you want to know how to give and support this wonderful ministry, just talk to me, and I'll let you know how that can be done. But uh, just, just praise God. And we also covet your prayers. Just pray for us all. and uh, thanks, thanks a lot.
4: Amen. Thank you, Pastor Jared. Teen Challenge has had a wonderful impact on some of the closest people in my life, some of my best friends from Bible College who are now pastors with 15 years of experience. Some of them have six wonderful kids, so get ready for that Teen Challenge blessing. And they're successful in ministry. One of them I just talked to the other day is in Houston, Juan Gonzalez. Not only is his church successful, but they just gave him a drug and rehab program for him to oversee with over 40 people in it right now. So Teen Challenge graduates can change the world. Amen. Can we give it up for these men? Praise God, it's not just for teenagers, it's for anybody, and so Pastor Jared is there if you want to learn how to support, we're supporting Teen Challenge, and if you're here today and you're supporting your family member getting baptized, and they're not in Teen Challenge, we want to clap for you too, come on, let's clap, because they're here, yeah, yeah, open up your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, as you're doing that, let me just tell you what's going to happen, I'm going to preach for about three hours, Then after I preach three hours, we're going to have dinner and baptize in the parking lot. (laughs) Y'all like half clap, half clap. I'm I'm going to do as best as I can to wrap this up at 12 o'clock. And we're going to go out there and go right to baptizing and Holy Ghost and dunking them in the liquid grave as the old timers used to say. And so family and friends, thank you for coming. We got lunch today for you. So just look at your neighbor and say, get ready to eat all you can. Our church is providing that for you. We're in the middle of a sermon series. It's really awesome. It's called Sermon on the Mount. It's Jesus' core teachings found in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. It's where Jesus lays out the whole entire principles for his kingdom, how he wants things to run. It's his way, not our way. Somebody say his way. Thank you, and we're in the middle of this series. All the previous messages are online, mpichurch.org. You can go there and check it out. If you ever forget, you can look at our sound booth. There they are doing the hard work today, and it's also the website on the front of it. Today we're going to be learning a very important part of Jesus' teaching in the kingdom, which is don't worry. Look at your neighbor and say, don't worry about it. Come on, Chicagoans. I need a little bit of Italian here. Look to your other neighbor and say, hey, don't worry about it. Hey, don't worry about it. God's got your back. Okay. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> so we're going to learn what Jesus teaches about not worrying. You're going to be really surprised, I think, on how he teaches us to do it. Matthew six twenty five. If you're there, can you say, I'm there? Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink or your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Who feeds the birds of the air? Our heavenly Father. Somebody say, my heavenly Father. Because it's not just good enough for him to be my heavenly Father. He has to be your heavenly Father. He just can't be your parents' heavenly Father. He's got to be your heavenly Father. Is there anybody here that has a heavenly Father? Okay, so your heavenly Father feeds the birds of the air. Look at the next part. Are you not much more valuable than they? Do you think you're more valuable than a bird of the air? Do you think you're more valuable than a sparrow, a blue jay, a hawk? What about an eagle? God have mercy on our society. We protect unborn baby eagle eggs, but not unborn baby children. 3,500 children will die in abortion clinics a day in this country, and yet we will protect a baby eagle. But our God cares about the baby eagle and cares about you so much more. You're so much more valuable to him than the baby eagle. Verse 28, and why do you worry about clothes? If you're sitting next to your wife, just look at her and say this with me. If you dare, (laughs) if you dare, and why do you worry about clothes? Where's my honey bunny? We just celebrated our ninth anniversary last week, amen? She's still with me, praise God. I said, if you're leaving, I'm following you. I don't know where she's at. She's taking care of our fourth child probably. But where does she want to spend her anniversary? At the mall. I needed to read this scripture to her. And why, honey, do you care about purses? And there's always a reason to get another purse and another shoe. It's a certain time of the season, and she needs a certain kind of shoe. It's a certain kind of material. She needs a certain kind of purse. She's going to do a certain kind of thing, and she needs a certain kind of outfit. But then after we buy it and we go home and I look at the closet, there's all these other clothes and purses and shoes and things that she doesn't wear. Pray for me. (laughs) And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. verse 29, Jesus talking. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. King Solomon was the richest man on the planet in his day. The sec, uh, rather, the third king of Israel. David was his father, had all the wealth in the world. And Jesus says, you look at these flowers, see how beautiful they are. Not even the richest king can compare to their beauty. Does anybody see beauty in nature? You see it in a sunset, a sunrise, in a mountain top. You see it at the lake, at the beach, the beauty of God's creation. If this is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, oh, you of little faith? Jesus is teaching us here. He cares more about you than he does birds, but birds are doing fine. And so why are we worrying? Birds don't worry. And then he says, Look at the grass field. It's not all green. I sprinkle it with beautiful flowers, and I care about you so much more. Don't be little of faith. Verse 31. So don't worry saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink? Look at your neighbor and say, Don't worry about him. We're going to have church today come on, or what we shall wear for the pagans run after these things. See, they're in a full-on sprint for these things. Pagans, those who don't know God, they want it and they want to take as much as they can have. They're Jimmy and they'll take all you can give me. That's what Donald Trump wants. If you give him one block, he wants another block. That's what Dr. Dre, Little Wayne and the rappers want, young people. They want all your money. This is all you are to them. All these basketball stars, all these football stars, you say, my team, my team. You ain't their team. Try to go see your team today without paying a ticket this is all you are to that team is money 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 everybody like i'm a cubs fan i'm a Sox fan i'm a this fan that's my team that's my team go there for free and see if they'll let you in just walk in there and say it's my team they'll say no you don't get in unless you got this Come to church and see if it works for free. Did you did you have to pay to come in here? Now, some people might get smart saying, Well, now, Pastor, the, the you guys talk about money here. You're all about money. I just I can just tell you you got in here for free. Yeah. Do you ever do you ever shout out at the baseball players? Just give me a Cubs guy's name. Just give me one Cub player. Somebody give me what's his name, Rizzo? Okay, so a Rizzo. Do you guys go to the Cubs game and shout out, hey, Rizzo? You're just about money, man you're all just about all of you out here you all are just the same you're a bunch of hypocrites you don't care about me you were saying cincinnati was your favorite city city before you got recruited rizzo you're all about money that's what people tell me as a pastor pastor you guys are all about money you just want my money i let you in here for free they won't look at your neighbor and say this is my church say this is my pastor preaching come on we ain't embarrassed Jesus said, don't you worry about what we shall eat, what we shall drink. For pagans, pagans, those who love the almighty dollar, run after these things. And your heavenly father knows you need them. Did he just say, don't worry about it because you're going to be broke, busted, and disgusted your whole life? Did he say, hey, don't worry about your clothes because you're going to be naked all the time, joining a cult, living on a commune out there in the woods somewhere? Is that what Jesus said? You point out any family that's in this church or a good Bible-believing church that is a tither, a giver seeking after God that doesn't take care of their family. You won't find one, friend. Every person in this church that's a giver, that tithes, that puts God first also takes care of their family better than any pagan you have ever known, baby. Because while they're on their second and third marriages, we have our marriage rock-solid here, living for Jesus here. Oh, Oprah Winfrey going to teach me how to have a family. She ain't even married or got kids. What's she going to teach you? Well, this person who's never flown a jet plane before is going to fly me to Paris today. You're going to get on a plane with somebody who ain't never flown a plane before to take you to Paris? Why would you sit and listen to Oprah Winfrey like she knows something about your life? Young people, why would you listen to rappers? All the adults here, oh, I want to make money. I want to be like Donald Trump. Why would you want to be like him? He's already on his second or third marriage. Why are we making idols that pagans have when we need to worship the one true God? Because he knows what we need. Amen. You can clap or you can say, oh my, oh me, but it's coming either way, baby. Verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Well, I need a job, pastor. Start seeking God. Well, I need to pay some bills. What, you think you're the only one? You think you're the only one that went through a recession? Man, listen to me, saints. You ain't the only one that went through a recession, but people who go through the valley and fear no evil are those who seek Jesus and his kingdom. While people jumping out of buildings, getting suicidal, quitting on their family, turning to drugs and alcohol, those who seek God and his righteousness, not only do they have the kingdom of heaven up there, they have it down here. All these things will be given to you as well. Verse 34. Everybody shout out this first part. Verse 34. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. That's Jesus talking. That's Jesus talking with a little bit of Joe with some Chicago side commentary. But your Savior, not me, check your Bible. Make sure I didn't sneak in there and write some of my opinions in there. Does not your Bible say this? Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. When you look to the sermon series, there's some key principles you need to remember. Number one, the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus talking. He's given us the principles for the kingdom. I like to call it kingdom basics. So anytime this series you're starting today, like us on Facebook. Check in right now with your phone because you already got it out. Check in. Say you've been here. And then this week in this series, put up kingdom basics anytime God does something in your life. Because he's teaching us to love our neighbors. That comes from the Sermon on the Mount. He's teaching us to forgive others so we can be forgiven. Somebody say Sermon on the Mount. He's teaching us to pray to our Father in heaven. Somebody say, Sermon on the Mount. The Lord's prayer is there. Number two, the one that he's speaking to is disciples. Everybody say, Disciples. How many disciples did Jesus have? Twelve, right? Which one committed suicide? Judas. Which one betrayed him three times? Which one was the first one to preach on the day of Pentecost? Who's the one that sat next to him on the Lord's Supper and put his head on his chest? John. Are you a disciple? You might say, Pastor, I'm a Christian. I just check off Christian. They ask me if I'm Muslim, Jewish, or agnostic, whatever. I just check off Christian. How are you a Christian? Well, I go to church. Does me going to McDonald's make me to a, make me a hamburger? Does me going to a bank make me a millionaire? If I went into a bank right now and said I'm a millionaire, why are you a millionaire? Because you come here. Because I come here all the time. I must be one. No, what makes you a Christian is being a disciple a student, a follower of Jesus Christ. I encourage you. Everyone look up at me, please. Whether or not I ever see you again, let me encourage you. Be a student, a learner of Jesus Christ. Don't just be a hearer, be a doer. Don't just be a creaster on Christmas and Easter. Follow Jesus 24-7. He died on the cross for you so that you could live. He didn't come to make bad people good because you can never be good enough. He came to make dead people live. We're all dead on the inside, friend, without Christ. And he came to make us live. Let me, can I just talk to Teen Challenge for a minute? Can I, can I just talk to him? Is that all right? I guess I'm going to do it anyway. At the age of 15, I did my first drug, broke into my first house. By the time I was 16 years old, I was selling drugs. By the time I was 18 years old, I was already arrested eight times. Crystal meth, cocaine, marijuana, alcohol. Caught three sexually transmitted disease. But Jesus Christ spoke to my mother as I called her up one day, November 5, 1995, as a young man. And I said, put me in a mental hospital because I'm going crazy. She said, how are you going crazy? I said, I don't know. I can't get off drugs. My friends keep leaving me. I got scars on this leg right here for breaking into a gas station in the middle of the night, putting my foot through a window, going to the hospital, getting 20 stitches. And the dude left me to walk a mile to my car. I said, my mind can't be trusted anymore. Put me in a mental hospital. But my mother had been praying for me. She had been a Christian since the day I was born. And she said, Joe, you don't need a mental hospital. All you need is Jesus. And I thought that day my mom didn't care about me. I hung up the phone. I I was so upset. I said, you know what? All she offers me is religion. All she talks about is Jesus. That's not a real answer. I said, I need some real answers. So my friend's mom was a nurse. I I called her up and I talked to her. She said, Joe, I can't do anything for you until you check yourself in. And I got scared and I said, I'm not going to check myself into a hospital. So I went back and I called my mom and I said, Mom, here's the deal. I'm going to come home, let you do your Jesus thing on me, but if it doesn't work, will you promise me to drop me off at this hospital that this nurse told me about? And she said, you just come on over here and see what God's got for you. When I came to that kitchen table that day, November 5th, I sat across from a praying mom who believed in Jesus, and all I had to do in my drug-filled, perverted heart was open it up with the mustard seed of faith. And that day when she said, repeat a prayer after me, she said, Jesus, and I said, Jesus, she said, come into my heart. And I said, come into to my heart. Woo! I felt the Holy Ghost go up and down my spine. I got hooked on Jesus because there ain't no high like the most high. Now I had friends that didn't believe me. They thought what I experienced that day was only going to last as a phase. It was only going to be a few days. My friends, that makes 19 years this November coming up. Serving Jesus Christ with a master's degree, a church. Why? Because God is good. When you become a disciple of Jesus Christ, all things become possible. It's worth being a disciple. And you may say, Pastor, I'm not tore up from the floor up. I don't need a checkup from the neck up. I don't relate to your lifestyle of drugs. But do you relate to lying? Do you relate to breaking other commands like putting things before God? Do you relate to needing to have a Savior? He will save you. Somebody say amen. Look at your neighbor and say, this is just the introduction. It is, literally. Number three, everything about the Sermon on the Mount is about God's kingdom. In the Greek, the basileia. The basileia in the Greek, the word kingdom, means the act of rule and reign of Jesus Christ as king. The kingdom is about a king. And he said in the Lord's prayer, prior to this passage, he said that we should pray, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on on." As it is in heaven. See, Jesus is all about his kingdom. My dad was a Christian businessman and taught me this principle. If you don't care about God's business, he doesn't care about your business. But if you care about God's business, he cares about your business. Why? Because Jesus is about the kingdom. Jesus is about coming and being here for eternity. That new Trump Tower downtown, whether they put a sign on it or not, will not be here when Jesus Christ comes back. It will be brought to dust. And everything that we have idolized here will be made low. And everything that we shamed and belittled here will be lifted high. People like my mother and other mothers in this place, place that prayed and raised up their children will be lifted high above a fornicator and an adulterer named Oprah Winfrey. These praying women should be the ones that you're sitting at those coffee tables with learning from now because they'll be great in the kingdom of God. Every man here that takes care of his family and puts God first are going to be the men of the kingdom of God, not these basketball players putting a ball through a hoop or kick. Taking a ball down a grass field. It will be men of God who reign with Jesus Christ as kings. You may say, Pastor, I don't know if I believe all of that. It don't matter if you believe it. It's coming. God's kingdom is coming whether you believe in it. Let me give you an illustration. You can stand right up here, go to your roof, but be careful. Don't blame it on me if you get hurt. You can get wherever you want and jump off and say, I don't believe in gravity. I don't believe in gravity. You're still going to fall. I don't believe in God. You, he's still coming for you. I don't believe in his kingdom. You will be here when it burns. And the last thing you will see is the Lord Jesus Christ. And the last words you will hear is, Depart from me, you worker of sin and iniquity. Go into the place I prepared for the devil and his angels. Don't follow the devil's rebellion against the holy God. Live for Jesus. Be a part of his kingdom. It's right here. The kingdom of God's right here. Am I always perfect at it? No, but I know who my boss is. I know who my king is. That's why I don't let this world dictate to me how I live. I let Jesus dictate how I live. And can we be successful doing that? You ever heard of Hobby Lobby? Christian business, putting God first. How many would like to be a part of Hobby Lobby stock? Be a part of their business. Get some checks from them. Anybody ever heard of Chick-fil-A? Christian business. If you don't believe me, look at your dollar bill we used to put on there and mean it. In God we trust, but now we trust in the dollar bill. Is it any wonder we've become a mess? It's God kingdom first, amen? Now let me give you the interpretation about what Jesus is saying. In verses 25 through 27 As I read it again, you can just listen to me. He says, don't worry about your own life, what you eat or drink, your body, what you wear. It's not uh, life more than food, your body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap. That means they don't plant or harvest or store away in barns that your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? The interpretation that we need to take away from that is that Jesus doesn't want us to worry. What is the definition of worrying? To give way to anxiety or unease. Allow one's mind to dwell on difficulty or troubles. You don't have to raise your hand today. But many of you will worrying this week about situations. Many of you today are plagued with worry. And sometimes when you see the church or the Bible or a pastor, you think that we don't understand. You may even read a scripture like this and think Jesus is some pie in the sky optimistic person that doesn't live in the real world, but you will miss the blessing. Of course Jesus understood stress. And by the way, what is stressed? With an E-D at the end. Stressed, spelled backwards. Desserts. Any stress eaters here? Oh my gosh, I just don't know what I'm going to do. You know? Okay. It's okay. It's just church, guys. It's okay to relax. I'll preach a little bit, but I'm also going to make you laugh. So you got jesus telling you don't worry about it now what's the first thing as people in the real world quote unquote are going to think about jesus we're going to think jesus That may be good for you because you can pull gold out of fish's mouths. Jesus, you can make five loaves of bread and two fish feed 5,000. That's good for you, but that's not going to work for me. I've got to pay these bills, and i got a boss who doesn't understand and puts me at these times of the day. And Jesus, you don't understand the economy that I live in. My industry is evaporating. You know what? Jesus is saying in that. He does understand. But what he's wanting you to understand is that you're valuable to him. You see, the bird has to survive. But the bird has to depend upon its creator to survive. And what he's trying to tell you, mighty woman, mighty man, some of us think we're self-made. I'm a self-made man. No, you are a self-made mess. You can't fix yourself. You might have got yourself some Tonka truck toys in your driveway and a degree on your, your wall in a house, to, but you haven't fixed nothing in here. What God is wanting you to understand is, just like a bird, you need your creator. Now let's put Jesus' principle to test. Create a brain right now out of nothing. And then show me that you got the same power as God. See, even an atheist who uses reason to try to disprove God. Well, I got a bunch of reasons not to believe in God. I got a bunch of reasons. Where did you get the ability to reason, sir? Did you get it from the goo through the zoo to you by evolution? Does the frog reason? The reason you have reason is because you were made in the image of a God who has reason. Why? Well, I just got so many reasons not to believe in God. No, you've got so many reasons to believe in God. And the first one is that you have reason and rational mind and thought. And the reason why you don't eat your young but you care for your children is because you've been made in the image of God who cares for his children. And what he's trying to tell all of us is he cares about us. So he's not trying to get you to think he doesn't care and he's producing some pie in the sky that you can't trust. He's trying to get you to stop and think about it. If you could not even produce a brain, you trusted him to give you a brain. How many have a brain today? How many are breathing oxygen today? If you can trust him to do that, can you trust him to do other things? Why? Because we're valuable to God. And number two, think about this. Worrying cannot add one hour to our lives or benefit us in any way. It didn't say planning would not work. There's a difference between planning and worrying. How many know the difference? Planning is like tomorrow I'm going to do this, tomorrow I'm going to do that. Worrying is like, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? I can't make it, I can't make it, I can't make it. Okay, let's all try it right now. Let's put Jesus to test. How many want to put Jesus to test? Okay, think about your biggest worry right now. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to just think about it. Seriously, come on. I'm going through this thing. Come on, think about it. I'm thinking about it. Okay, let's come on, 15 more seconds. (laughs) What have you changed? nothing what have you changed for tomorrow are you even promised tomorrow hello did you wake up with an expiration date on your toe I mean most of us ain't suicidal so do you know when you're going to die see us worrying Jesus is saying doesn't change one thing the next thing that we're to learn is that pagans run children receive See, Jesus taught that pagans, those who worship false gods, run after these things and do everything in their own ability, not recognizing God. See, going back to sports, you got two teams that are playing their best. One guy makes a touchdown, he slams the ball, he does his little dance. Ah, look at me. Another guy works hard, does the same thing, scores a touchdown, goes to his knee, and gives thanks to God. What's the difference? One is saying, everything I have comes from God. I didn't make these legs in my mama's baby factory. I didn't give myself the ability to understand the fame of football. God did this, and because of what God did, I have received it and been a good steward of it. See, are you a selfish creation of God who never gives back to God thanks? Did you thank Him this morning for the life that you're living, the air that you're breathing? Have you thanked him for what you are having today to eat? That's why we thank God before we eat. Have you thanked him for the good days? You say, well, who do I blame for the bad days? Thank you for bringing that question up. There's a devil. We blame him for the bad days. And why is there a devil? Because when God put us in the garden, he gave us a choice between good and evil. And the representatives, Adam and Eve, who represented mankind, chose evil. And now today, we have the knowledge of good and evil. So every good gift comes from our Father. Every hurt you experienced in your past, that came from the devil. Because he's a thief, and he only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Pagans run after these things, but the children of God receive them and are grateful. Number three, seek God and his righteousness. How many want to do that? Can I get a woo woo? I believe this verse, literally, Matthew six thirty three: seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. I literally believe this is the key of the whole series. Here it is. I believe it's right here. Let's just pause and think about what Jesus said. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Do you know that Harvard, Princeton, and Yale were all Bible colleges? Because they sought God first. Do you know that there's still a national day of prayer in this country because we tried to put God first? We're starting to lose that ground, aren't we? And are we better off as a nation or are we worse off? You have more technology than your grandparents ever had. A phone, a TV, Internet. Are you better off morally in your neighborhood or worse off since your grandparents? Why? Because we've chated materialism for our God. We've said, world, give us more. Give us more. Give us more. God, give me less. Give me less. Give me less. And we have changed our focus and Jesus 2000 years ago said you want to know how to be successful in life you seek me first and if you don't know how to do it right then you seek my righteousness what does it mean to seek first God's kingdom? It means to put God's uh, kingdom of ruling and reigning in your heart, number one. And what does it mean to seek his righteousness? It means to follow his teachings and commands. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down next to green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters that restore my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his for His. For his name's sake. Do you know that God wants to lead you in paths of righteousness? How many want to know the right path in marriage? How many want to know the right path on their job? How many want to know the right path in how to raise their kids? How many want to know the right path in life? And the last thing that Jesus taught us was in verse 34, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has enough worries of its own. Trust God today. You see, if I learn to trust God today, I will find an answer for him in this day. And then if he has proved himself faithful in this day, he will prove himself faithful in the next day. See, a lot of times we want tomorrow's problems to be solved today when we haven't trusted God to solve today's problem today. And what God is trying to say, you're of little faith. You think your worrying is changing something, but it's actually doing nothing. You're putting your worry over the Word of God. You're letting fear dictate your heart instead of faith. And what he's teaching us is, can you trust me today? And this is now where I want to tell you my personal story. As I was coming here today, I had a feeling it was going to be a lot of people. And I've got to tell you a very embarrassing, humbling story about how I learned to trust God. Got saved in 1995. Went to Bible College in New Orleans, 96, for two years. Graduated with an associate degree from Assembly of God Bible College in 98. Pastor to church in the inner city for four and a half years. Gave the church to another pastor. Came to Chicago to work as a youth pastor in an Assembly of God church. My wife and I started this church in 2005. Never had anything. I felt that non-denominational was going to be the best way for us. Nothing against the Assemblies of God. I love them so much my pastor who oversees me and keeps me accountable is assembly of god awesome man of god anthony freeman in new orleans i had nothing but my wife and i had a desire to start a church so one day i'm jogging and i pass by a methodist church and god says there's where i want you to have the church and i'm like right there and he's like yeah so i literally walk in and i go Hey, guys, uh, can I talk to the pastor? And they're like, yeah, the pastor's over here, which happened to be a lesbian, which I love lesbians, but, you know, I believe it's also a sin, okay? So I'm like in this weird, uncomfortable position right off the bat, but I just say to him, hey, I'm like the kind of guy who claps and shouts and does all that stuff, and God wants me to start a church, and I want to know, can we please put it here? And she goes, sure, that's a great idea. And I thought that was just so far out, but that was God. God was saying, this is where your church is going to be. It doesn't matter if they're waving the rainbow flag. I'm going to put you right there. Within 24 hours, I get the keys to this building with no money down, nothing. And I start renting uh, Irving Park Methodist Church there on Grace and Keeler. And we start having Sunday night services. You know how many people came to the first one? Eleven. You know how many people came to the next one? Like five. Kind of like the same thing here. Y'all came here today. You're like, oh, my God, when is this over? And y'all may not come back next week. So I'm used to it. But just like a good choo-choo train, I just chugga, 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 chugga. It's okay. Smile in church. So... We're doing good. We get to be about 15, and then I get real excited because I meet a Latino pastor at Locosina Boricua on Fullerton, a great restaurant that makes some great Puerto Rican food, and then it's a long story short, but she says, my dad has a church that he works with their pastor, and they don't have a building, and I hear you rent a cool Methodist building. Can you all hook up and maybe let him use that building? I go, sure. I don't even have, it's not even my building. I don't have authority to do it, but I can go ask because they were so cool with me, but at this time, they switched pastors, and then I go to meet with them on behalf of the other pastors. See if they can use the building and you know what they say we heard you guys don't support gay and lesbians in your church and i said i support them i just support them repenting and coming to christ that's how i support them i want them to get to heaven she goes no that's not going to work here you don't have a place to meet anymore you've got to get out of here in 30 days i go say what i wasn't even coming for me i was coming for my friend to ask if he could use the building she's like well that's just convenient because i needed to talk to you anyway So I ended up going back to this pastor going, "Uh, do you have a building I can use? Because now I don't have a building. And so we began to pray and seek after God and go, God, we need a building. God, we need a building. God, we need a building. And these two storefronts came available. And God opened the door, and we made a deal. Okay, you guys were a bigger church. They were a bigger church. So they got the Sunday morning. We got the Sunday night, and God started showing up. We started growing, and then they said, hey, we're going to go do something else. Can you take the payments? I said, sure, we'll go for it. So we, we, we raised money for these chairs. They're like $44 and like $0.10 cents or something. So we had to get 100 like times that, which is like $4,000, and raise it. And God was moving, and the church was growing, and this other storefront got available. And we got the other storefront, and we're doing outreaches, and things are good. We get to be about 75 people after a five years of hard, intense labor. And I then said, Well, you notice I said, not God, I said, You know, let's try to go for a different facility, let's go to a bigger place. And I didn't necessarily feel the voice of God. I just felt it was good strategy. I have my master's degree soon to go get my doctorate Lord Willing at Trinity or Liberty. One of the two, I'm still in the process of uh, going through the application, but I was reading all these books and teaching it in the Bible cows, and I was like, "Oh, these are really smart ideas. Let me try this." And that ended up leading me into the worst two years of my life. Right around 2008, we went as a church into a lease that started at 8,000 a month. And went up to 12000 a month. Do you know how much we pay right here a month? 2500 thank you, Jesus. But I said, I'm going to do it. God is with us. The economy dropped out from under us. People were losing their homes and their jobs. And I began to worry. And I began to say, if I do this, maybe people will give. If I sell holy water, maybe they'll give. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> If I sell this, I would have done it. I would have caught up this rag. Hey, $10 for a holy rag. But nothing was working. Two years go by, me and the landlords arguing all the time, and I have never to this day in my life not paid a bill on time. I started selling my cars. People at my grandparents had given me their car when my grandpa passed away sold it. And I remember giving them the last money that I had and saying to the church, this is it, that there is not another appeal. And I promised you can ask people that were here, there was no begging, the same personality I have now I had then. I said, it's either God or it's not. But that last month when I came to them and I said, we have no more to give for the next month. So I paid everything that I ever used. They cursed me out. They got in my face and said, you blankety blank pastor I know you got the money I know your people have the money and they pushed me they pushed me and I almost knocked this dude out (laughs) but I became a better person and I said don't touch me I'll call the police and I walked away but I went into my car and I said God this is the most embarrassing day as a pastor I've ever had in my whole life Here I am, supposed to be a man of God. I'm selling cars to pay the bills. These landlords that I'm supposed to have a good testimony with are ridiculing me and mocking me. And I begged God to do something, but nothing was done. I thought it was over. I said, we'll just take our stuff. You keep the deposit. That's the, that's the best thing we can do for you. All this time, I was saying, give us three months, and you can find a new tenant. But they knew they could not find anybody at the deal that I had signed in 08, now and at that time, 11. They knew they couldn't. So nothing I did would work. So finally, we take our stuff out. My friend had used this building. He said we could have it back, and he renovated it, praise God. <laughs> looked a lot better than when we were here the first time. But I thought it was over. But here's where the story gets real. They then sued me personally. I call up a lawyer and I go, what in the world am I supposed to do? They said, you have to shut down your church and restart it. And you have to claim bankruptcy. I said, I I have never... Not paid a bill. I have, uh, my credit rating was over 700. American Express had given me upwards of 12,000 on my credit. I don't even make hardly any money. But because I paid my bills, I'm, I said, you mean I've got to throw it all into a bankruptcy? Yes. I threw it all into that bankruptcy. And I tell the the people, I'm going to file this. This is it. I, I, I've closed the church. It's a new name. Metro Praise International from Metro Praise. Right? We have got a new 501c3. We've done all that. And here is the statement from my lawyer that I only have ten to fifteen thousand dollars worth of assets. A couple used cars, a couple used TVs and furniture. Can you back off? And they said, No, we still think you have something. They thought I was with the denomination. They thought that people were gonna to come to my aid. And that day when I filed that paperwork for the bankruptcy. I knew it was over. I had failed. Lost the building. Had to claim bankruptcy. And I have an anonymous question and answer thing on our websites through FormSpring. And I was just waiting, because I've answered almost 2,000 questions. And I was just waiting for the one question to come through. And it finally did. It, it, that person, whoever they were, did not disappoint me. They came right through. Pastor! How are you supposed and it's anonymous. I don't know who it is so I could pray for him. Pastor, you're supposed to be a man of God. How could that happen to you? Does that show that you're not really qualified? And I wrote back that answer that I'm going to tell you today. God is God even when we fail. God is good even when things go bad. And if we will learn to stick with him, he will lead us to green pastures. I wrote that person back and I said, I can't understand it all. I don't know all that happened, but I willingly admit my mistakes and I'm willing to walk free from this knowing I'm going to be a better man. But I'm not going to let the worry and the fear and the depression stay over me. Because I know if, a, if God, He cares about trees and flowers and birds, He's got to care about a pastor. He's got to care about me. He's got to remember me. And He's got to hear my prayers. I know if I can see a homeless person and say He loves them, I know i got to say He loves me. And I want to say to you today, it may be so easy for you to look at other people's situations and go, you know what? I know God could do it for them. But when you look at your own situation, you get depressed and you say, I have failed. I've messed up. I'm not good enough. God is wanting you to know today he still cares. He still loves you. Two years ago, we restarted the church. And today, along with many other days, we have outgrown, outdid, outfinanced everything we did in the past. God did it for his glory. Amen. (laughs) Let me give you the application today as Vinny comes. Here's how I believe you can apply it to your life. Worrying never changed what I went through. And some of you know the worry that I went through. Staying up late at night worrying. Anybody ever have that? How about depression worry? How about low self-esteem worry? Anybody ever have embarrassment worry? Just, well, what are people going to think? What are pe- I'm just worried about what people are going to think. What are they going to say? What's, what's my resume going to look like? What, what is this friend going to think of me now? Four things we can take away from what Jesus taught us. Number one, don't worry. Four major ways we need to avoid worrying is our finances, our family, our future, and our health. Don't worry doesn't mean don't work. I ain't going to worry and I ain't going to work. Well, you will be homeless, praise God. You'll be blessing them on the side of the bus stop. Okay, you'll be that guy living in the cardboard box asking for nickels. Okay, so don't worry doesn't mean don't work. What don't worry means, means whistle while you work. Be happy while you work. Set your joy and your purpose on Jesus while you work. You show up to a job that may be beneath your qualifications. You come there unto God and you do your work as unto God, and He will bless you. Many people in life, even some of the business people we've mentioned, have had to take step backwards to go step forwards. Many times in this church we've had to bury people because their health goes bad, cancer, Three people last year we had to bury because of cancer and other things like it. And it's like the family comes to me, God is, is, is with me, but I wish you would do this miracle. Why isn't this miracle happening? I'm so worried what I'm going to do without this person in my life. And what God is trying to tell us is that worrying about their health and, and being afraid of what life's going to be like without them, it's not going to change anything. But if we seek God and God is with us today, then we know he'll be with us tomorrow. And if that person leaves us and has to go to heaven and and we're living life without them, God will still be here. And he'll teach us that as we walk through this journey, he'll never leave us or forsake us. That's what he's trying to tell us. Number two, have faith in God. Romans 10, 17 says that faith is a gift from God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You need to hear God's word to be encouraged. If this isn't your church, go back to your church next week. If you're looking for a church, join us here. Faith is a gift from God, Romans ten seventeen. Faith is something we build up. Jude one twenty says, pray in the Spirit, building up your most holy faith. When you don't know how to pray, speak in other tongues and pray in that heavenly language that we believe in this church. And if you don't know how to do that, just say, help me, Jesus. Pray and build faith and then Peter said add to your faith add to faith goodness and kindness and virtue add knowledge to faith so faith is a gift from God it's something we build and something we add to look at your neighbor and say have faith in God come on now look at your other neighbor and mean it have faith in God don't quit don't give up don't give in you may be on the brink of your miracle and not even know it have faith in God I still believe faith moves mountains I still believe faith brings home lost sons and daughters I still believe God meets us at funeral parlors and gives us the ability to live another day I still believe God changes economies in government I have faith a God who never fails he may not come when I want him but he's always on time and if I have faith in him he will reward me if I do not give up you might say pastor I don't know how to have faith be faithful in faith because if you're faithful in faith God will make you fruitful You see, sometimes we just have to get up and show up and do it again. That's faith. You may not feel like raising those kids, but get up and ask God to meet you that morning to help cook that breakfast. Let that faithfulness develop faith in your life so the fruitfulness of a blessed family can come through you. You may say, I don't know how to go through this kind of a trouble that I'm facing. Show up, be faithful, and watch God build your faith. And then you'll look back and you'll see fruit. Had to wake up in the morning and preach in a different building that was smaller than the other building. But I said, I'll be faithful. And God made me fruitful. You showed up this morning. Come on. Because I was faithful. God made me fruitful. I watch preachers give up on God. I already had a friend right now from Bible college have an affair and the girl is pregnant. Could you imagine if I would have did that to my wife? Ah, forget all this God stuff. Maybe it's right. Maybe God don't care about me. And I had an affair. That would give him something to talk about, wouldn't it? But I said, no, I'll be faithful to my wife. I'm not blaming God for my problems. I'm not going to blame God and turn my back on Him now. Even if He does slay me, even if things do go wrong, I still will praise Him. Better is one day in his courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper, a greeter at the church than to give up on my God. Number three, seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. What does it mean to seek him first? It just means make him your passion. Make fatherhood, motherhood, parenting your passion for God. I do this unto God. Make your job, whatever you do for income and your work, make your passion there about God and his kingdom. Just like the football player who takes a knee and says, Yes, I know I worked hard. Yes, I know I practiced. Yes, I know I had ten other guys blocking for me. But I still give glory to God. It's about him. And how do you seek his righteousness? You open up your Bible and you start obeying what he says. How many think not lying is a good idea, telling the truth is great? How many think we should be loyal to our husbands and wives and adultery is a bad thing? How many think marriage is still good and that we should get married before we have sex instead of living together, shacking up? How many think that's good? How many think it's good to avoid drunkenness and drug addiction and to have self-control and be sober-minded in your life? How many think it's good to be content and not be jealous or envious? How many believe, oh, I'm just preaching by myself. But how many believe it's good to forgive as you've been forgiven? How many believe that you should do unto others as you want done unto yourself? How many believe that you should love and forgive your enemy, right? These are the commands of God. Well, I don't know them, Pastor. Read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. There's a church I know doing a series on it. And the last thing, and I want to give you one last story. It's a short one, but take life one day at a time you weren't meant nor I was meant to handle all of life's troubles in one day we need to believe that each day we face God has the solution for us that day and we need to trust when we get there he'll meet us there turn with me quickly in closing to Isaiah 43 what we'll be doing as we close we'll be praying up here our workers will be grabbing these side section chairs and this side section, so Teen Challenge, Woo whoop. want you guys to grab these chairs and put them out back when we start. Uh, when we get done praying. And we'll have our workers help you. You guys can grab some refreshments out there or you can just head right out that back door and wait for us. So it's going to be real simple. We're just walking out there having a great time today. Grab some of these chairs. We're going to have fun. You weren't meant to handle it all at once. Look at Isaiah 43, one. I want to encourage somebody today. Is anybody receiving from today's message? Amen. If anybody tells you, oh, I heard about that church, that church, with, you can tell them, my pastor told us about it. It ain't a secret, you know. But I'm willing to say I learn and grow with Christ. I'm not the same man I used to be, and I won't make that mistake again. I want to encourage, oh, thank you, Jesus, I feel you right now. I want to encourage somebody with this. This is God speaking here to Isaiah. He says, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel. See, who created you? God did. Who formed you in your mother's womb? God did. Look at what he says. Do not fear. See, where does worry come from? Fear. Worry is faith in Fear praise and faith is declaring what God said worry is declaring what fear says Right? do not fear for I have redeemed you I have summoned you by name you are mine you belong to God now watch this right here thank you Jesus do not fear for I have redeemed you I have summoned you by name you are mine when you pass through the waters I will be with you is passing through waters today. And God is saying, I'm with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. You will feel them coming against you. You will feel life's troubles all around you. You will hear the sound of others drowning. But it says, God promises you, when you pass through these rivers, saints, it will not sweep over you. And when you walk through fire, you feel like your life is being tested you're in the dorms this dude's gotten on your nerves this one's gotten on your nerves your family's gotten on your nerves all the fire of trial of hell is this is what God says the flames will not set you ablaze you come to that graduation and you say, God brought me through the fire of trials and tests. Every person here, you listen to me. You may face times in life where you feel like you are on fire with discouragement, depression. People have left you, talk bad about you. I have heard all of these things before. You've seen them before, but we never think it can happen again. But listen, some of you aren't promised that yellow brick road when you leave here. You may say, Pastor, it's all good right now, but you remember what I'm telling you. We When you go through those fires, when you go through those testings, believe that God is with you and they will not set you ablaze. Has it always been easy? No, but it's been worth it. Have I ever doubted? Yes, but I've been faithful. I'm still here. Give you the story in closing. Would you stand please? I want you to hear this. Altar workers, would you come? Thank you for your patience. Corey Tim Boone. Was an awesome missionary. She was from the Netherlands. And during World War II, her family brought in the Jewish people like an underground railroad to her house to avoid persecution. Anybody ever hear of Corrie Ten All right, I'm glad I'm telling the story because y'all going to learn. Awesome woman of God. Her parents owned a store. She lived upstairs with her family, and they would bring in the Jews, just like Schindler and Schindler's List. And after the war was won by the Allied forces, Netherlands was set free. This young lady had such a call on her life to help people that she began to become a missionary to some of the world's most dangerous places. So instead of being a young lady who had gone through so much trouble in life and going to move by Boca Raton or Fort Lauderdale, she said, I'm going to become a missionary in Africa. I'm going to go to the places that are dangerous. And in one of the places that she went, God spoke to her heart. And said, "These." she was in Africa. She said, some of these Africans that you're speaking to now are going to give their life for Jesus after you leave. They will be murdered. Just like you see with the Muslim terrorist Boko Haram. I've wrote a book on Islam. If you want to know the answer, it's Jesus. But just like these Muslims in Nigeria killing their own people, she was told by God, these people will die. Many of them are going to die. And she said, God, what do I preach to them? How do I prepare these beautiful people to lay down their lives for you? And God gave her this story. It has ministered to me, and I pray it ministers to you. It's a very simple one. God told her, God said to her, When you were a little girl, and your dad would send you out to the store to go buy things, did he give you the money right when he told you he was going to send you? Or did he give you the money at the door as he was sending you? And she said, Father, you know, my dad would always give me the money right before I left. We may know that we're going to the grocery store this week. That that may be my chore. But I would not get the money from my father until that day it was needed and I was standing at the door. He said, I want you to tell these Africans that are here. I need the notes up because i got to end on her quote. He said, I want you to tell the Africans that are here. You may be scared now, but there's nothing to worry about. Because when you come to the end of your life, when everything seems like it's falling apart, I will be with you then and give you what you need to make it through. And she wrote this, Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows, it empties today of its strength. And so what are we supposed to say? Even in the face of death, Because I've done funerals even in the face of you losing your company. I have met men at these altars who have been in business for 20 years and lost it all and are now working at some insurance agency as the bottom of the ladder. I'm telling you, no matter what you face, the day you face it, God will meet you there. So don't worry about it now. His strength will be sufficient for you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for your message not to worry. I can only say what you said. And I repeat your word back over your people as we pray. You told us don't worry about life because it's so much more valuable than clothes and food and all of those things. You told us to look to the birds and to flowers to be encouraged about how much you care for us. And God, you told us that the key to not worrying and fretting and being just overwhelmed and burdened in life is to seek you and your righteousness. And today, Lord, no matter who hears my voice, I pray that's what we all do. No matter what they're going through, no matter what I face, that's waiting for me next year or two years from now, whatever possible tragedy I may have to go through, I pray I'll remember this message today to always trust you that when I face it, you will be there. Every head bowed and eyes closed, I just want you to pray right now in your own words. No one's calling on you or calling you forward. We end with you coming on your own free will, but right now where you are, I just feel some people need to lift up their worries and burdens to Jesus. So I'm not calling you down, we're not praying for you right now. I wanna ask you to pray. Give God 30 seconds. Band, would you sing something prophetic over this congregation? Come on, you're going through a worry. Ask God to take it. Ask God to give you faith today, a promise in His Word. Jesus, Jesus, we lift up our burdens to you. 15 more seconds. Worry will not have me. Come on, say it if that's what you're going through. Say, worry, get behind me. You will not have my heart. Worry will not take over my family. Worry will not take over my job.
1: Jesus. Amen. Would
4: you look up at me, please, in closing? Now, this is what we're going to do. We're going to dismiss you. We're going to let you go if you got to go, but I'm assuming most are going to stay for the baptism. We're so happy you're here. It's probably not a baptism service you'll forget anytime soon. All you have to do is this, is go out that back door. If you just want to hang out and get ready, there's food cooking, there's refreshments. You will not be able to get around from the front door to the back. You, the only way to get there is this door back there. That's the only way but before you go and do that we're going to meet you there we won't take your time trust me I want to get in the water right now I am sweating it's going to be a blessed water after I get in there just think of it as fresh anointing my pastor blessed the water I'm like melting we're going to do that but before we do here's how we end our service here it's real simple I'm going to say you're dismissed God bless you have fun but if you want prayer would you come up here and let us pray for you If worry's been really worrying you, would you let us pray and ask God to bless you? Or if you have a sickness in your life or a financial trouble or you want us to pray for your family, would you let us do that? That's what we want to end doing, okay? Otherwise, you are dismissed. Father, we thank you for today. We ask you to bless everyone here. May we all know and love you and not worry, but place your word above our problems. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Would you bless them one more time, church? Come on, slap your neighbor, high-five, and say, don't worry about it. Amen. You may come for prayer if you need it now. Band, would you lead us? Otherwise, you're dismissed. Ushers, help them go out the back door. Woo! It's a good day. It's a good day. Come on, saints. Go in victory. or let us pray for you.
1: Seems to hide his face. I rest on his unchanging race. And every eye and stormy gale. My anchor voice. Come on, sing that that verse again, because I need people to sing it if they're here with us. Oh, yes, Lord. When darkness seems. Come on if you need
4: prayer we're gonna pray for you today. There's victory in Jesus. He never changes.
1: And every yes. so no matter what we go through, My the Christ alone. In Christ alone because the he is come on shout it
4: out if you can hear me oh if you can sing it today sing it saints oh he'll make us strong through the
1: storm
4: Come on, if you're getting prayer right now, just receive. If you're waiting, we're going to get to you in just a moment. But we're going to keep singing this. So whether you're in the seat area or in the altar area waiting for prayer, would you just sing this in your own words? Christ alone, my cornerstone. That's what I build my life on today. Come on, just the voices. Let's sing it out as a prayer for all those who need it today. I know oh, I do.
1: Yes. Corners. Yes, Lord. For weak strong. Today we're strong the in Jesus. Through the storm. Oh, through the storm. He is Lord. You are Lord. Lord,
4: our Lord. Come on, Adam, sing it one more time with me. I need to sing it. In Christ, Christ alone. alone. Cornerstone of Metro Praise International. Cornerstone of my family of six. Cornerstone of my life. Through every storm. Oh,
1: you are Lord. Lord of all.
4: Jesus, we thank you for everything. We thank you that through trials and tests, you show us that your will and power is always the best. When others leave us, you won't leave like the rest. You will always be by our side, letting us be held close to your chest. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Victory in Jesus.
1: Come on.
4: Keep praying, Saints. Keep worshiping. Receive
1: all that you came for.
4: party. The after party is going to continue. You may pray and worship during this final song. Otherwise, we'll see you out there. There are tents. There's water. There's refreshments. Amen. But there isn't a fan. (laughs) The only fans are inside. Praise God. I'll see you there. getting baptized there's another bathroom in the children's room if you want to get changed and there's a bathroom here we're going to start baptizing in 10 minutes at 1220 12:20 thank you very much.